Hi, everybody. Happy New Year's Eve and or Happy New Year's, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, I am recording this in the morning, December 31st, 2022. I have been recovering from COVID, uh, which I have to tell you hit me like a sack of bricks. Uh, I, for those, those who maybe have heard in the past on the Muckrake podcast, I think I got COVID before it was officially spreading. Uh, this was back in 2020. I was in Iowa, uh, covering the caucuses and got like sicker than I've ever been probably before. Um, this, this thank, thank goodness for vaccines. I'll just say that I have not felt great and I've been resting. I uh, cut my holidays short. I was in Indiana uh, at my mom's house, and uh, the whole house came down with it, which was rough. But uh, you know, we we also have to be thankful for small blessings. My mom, who uh, has not been in the best of health and has suffered some some lung issues, uh, she got COVID, which was something that I have worried about for years now. Uh, but she actually is the healthiest of all the people who got it. So hats off to that. Thank you, science. I appreciate it. But I wanted to do this uh, recording today uh, for for a few reasons. Uh, New Year's for me has always been a fraught time. Um, I've always been a pretty anxious and depressive person. And so that period after Christmas and before New Year's, that sort of dead week, uh, has has always been sort of, it's been difficult for me in the past. And a little bit of that has been, you know, seasonal stuff, uh, plus also the come down from uh, the holidays, which I've always enjoyed. Uh, in the past, when I worked in academia, it was also sort of uh, the last hurrah before the beginning of the new semester. Uh, don't have to deal with that anymore, uh, which I think is a relief in its own way, even though I miss teaching terribly. Uh, but it's it's different this year. I'm in a different place. And I wanted to talk to you about that, not just the place that I'm in, but also the place where we are politically, um, socially, but also where we could be. I am... Um, focusing a lot lately on being not just present and mindful, but also setting intentions. And I think New Year's Eve is a heck of a time to set some intentions. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about 2023 and what it poses for us in terms of not just difficulties, but also opportunities. Uh, people who have heard my bourbon talks or maybe even heard me uh, on the muckrake have heard me talk a little bit about how I'm approaching 2023. I see it as uh, a, a really vital year. Uh, you know, a lot of people see it as sort of a, a gap year, sort of like the, the in-between the midterms and the presidential election of 2024. Uh, but as I've said, I think it is an incredibly important year in terms of setting the agenda and also starting to push towards change. I don't think that we can just sit around 
and wait for 2024 to show up. Because one of the things that we have found in the past few years is that this is no longer a spectator sport, if it ever was. I think that was a, a misnomer from the very beginning. I think that was a misunderstanding of how the world worked. And I think if we are going to save democracy, and especially if we're going to make a better future, we're going to have to get in the game. We've talked about joining organizations. We've talked about engaging in solidarity. We've talked about getting involved and getting some skin into the game. And I truly think that that is the only means by which we're going to affect change. I don't think the Democratic Party is simply going to reform itself. I don't think the Democratic Party is suddenly going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know, we need to try some new uh, ideas. Uh, they've been along the same lines uh, since the late 1980s, early 1990s. That doesn't bode well in terms of spontaneous change, particularly right now as our political environment and as the capitalist economy requires that there is a political party that defends the status quo. As we've talked about, the GOP is the hardliner. Uh, the economy must be fed at all costs. Make them work in the middle of a pandemic. Don't worry about giving them benefits. Strip everything down to the bone. Roll back progress. That's, that's, that's what they have represented. And that expression has come through white supremacist, patriarchal, evangelical uh, appeals. The Democrats have been reduced to being the ones who smile, say the quote unquote right thing and, uh, you know, offer nothing more than uh, more of the same. There are some politicians who are different. Um, I have expressed optimism about people like John Fetterman. Uh, I would Love to see in 2023, Fetterman have um, a little bit uh, of sway over where the party goes. It remains to be seen uh, what happens there. Uh, so far, in the center left to the left, there haven't been a lot of candidates who have emerged to to lead. Uh, there have been a lot of neoliberals, um, very few progressives, very few um, democratic socialists, whatever we want to call them at this point. Uh, it still remains to be seen uh, if Bernie Sanders is going to uh, hand over the baton to somebody to, to sort of lead the movement that he has started to create or has created or wherever you believe that might be. Those things, though, they, they feel beyond our control, largely because party mechanics are meant to feel beyond your control. There's supposed to be machinery that feels so large, so extensive, and so overwhelming that the only thing that we can possibly do is seek refuge within their territory to, um, to accept who they are and hope for better. And then when we are disappointed to uh, sort of keep a stiff upper lip and go along, continue to feed the machine with our money and our patronage and go forward. We can affect change. I'll, I'll, I'll state that again. We will affect change. I think that the material conditions on the ground right now and in the air, so to speak, uh, are ripe for this 
populist democratic movement, small d, to grow. I think 2023 is going to see a lot of clashes between the people and the wealth class. Uh, I think as conditions worsen, as exploitation worsens, as the meritocracy uh, continues to absolutely uh, crack and break while uh, idiots like Elon Musk uh, show who they actually are, I think that's going to increase. But I wanted to talk today about something more personal, uh, something more individual, because I think the path that you are going to take is going to be up to you. Are you going to run for office? Are you going to join a communal group? Are you going to engage in solidarity in your workplace? Are you going to get to know your communities and start to form uh, nets of, of support for one another? Those are your choices. I, I would argue to do all of the above. I think, you know, wherever you can, however you can, wherever your energy and your passions lie, you should absolutely follow those things. And who knows, maybe someone listening to this right now is going to be someone who challenges the status quo. I know that there are quite a few members of the Democratic Party, uh, both politicians and also strategists and consultants, uh, who read this substack. And who reach out and want to talk about this stuff, I want to challenge you to challenge the status quo. You've told me over and over and over again that you're unhappy with it, that you feel restricted within it. What I say to you now is that you have the power to push back. All those sleepless nights, all those frustrating moments. Uh, more than a few people have told me that they're in therapy talking about, you know, how they're hitting their heads against brick walls. I, I have to tell you the best thing that you can do is to push back. And I encourage you to do so. For people who are not within the party, and even those within, I think this all goes for everybody. I want to talk about what I think is a really good first step. And we're moving again from New Year's Eve into New Year's into 2023. So I believe it's probably a good idea to talk about those initial first steps, even if they are uh, tiptoes, even if they're just dipping our toes into the water to see what they feel like. To pull the curtain back, and I apologize for maybe getting too personal here, but uh, I'm, I'm in the mood to do so. And I think that um, this project going forward is going to depend on that, pulling that curtain back a little bit and engaging in a, a little bit of intimacy and trust. I am focusing on moving into 2023 and working on myself and working on my relationships. I recognize or have recognized that this Deep unhappiness that I've carried around my entire life. I'm 41 years old. I have felt moments of joy, periods of joy, seasons of joy. But largely, I have carried around a weight. And the weight is based in personal trauma. A lot of abuse that I suffered as a kid and as a young man growing up. 
that was inflicted on me by others and also myself. And this terrible fear that there was something wrong with me, that there was something ugly and wretched and unsalvageable about me. And, you know, it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter what I was achieving or what I wasn't achieving. There was the same constant buzzing sort of unhappiness that was behind me. And the fear constantly was, well, it didn't matter what was going on in my life. Like there was just something underneath it, you know, running below the surface that was, that was poisonous or infected. And I've, I've come to realize over the past few years through therapy, through writing a memoir, through engaging in closer relationships with people and really starting to appreciate intimacy and openness and, and, and communication. I've come to realize that that feeling is both a consequence of trauma that I've gone through, a way that my mind has tried to rationalize the irrational. Like, why would people treat me that way? Why would my life have felt like that? Why would I be in a family who suffered the way that my family did? Um, I must have deserved it, right? But also, it is a consequence of the trauma of neoliberal capitalism. This entire economy, political structure, social, cultural structure, all of it, is dependent on us feeling that wretchedness, that there was something wrong with us, that that there was something about us that at any given moment could possibly lead to our own destruction. And that takes so many different forms, right? Um, for me, and I think for a lot of other people, it meant that I had to work harder. I had to prove myself. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, like for years and years and years when I was in academia, uh, you know, the, the brass ring was, was getting a tenure track job. And I was living in like such abject poverty, chasing after it with just like a, a millstone of student debt around my neck. And if I could just get tenure somewhere, if I could just get a tenure track job somewhere, it would, it would take care of everything. Right. And I mean, it, it sure as hell made made certain that I wasn't just like eating like peanut butter sandwiches and like clearance dented cans. But then I got that job and I had to prove myself there. I had I had to work overtime to show that I was worth the job that I had been given. Uh, I wore myself ragged. I, I at one point gave myself a, a heart condition from, from exhaustion and, and from, you know, just sort of personal mistreatment. And it just, uh, the brass ring just kept always sort of receding and receding. I got to get tenure. Oh, I got to get an associate professorship. Oh, I have to get a full professorship. If I just get this book, if I get the next book, if I get the next book. Um, and, you know, that incentive structure is paralleled all around this country and this society. If I can just get 
the external validation. If somebody would just tell me, good job, if I could just get a new car, if I could just buy this thing, if I just had X amount of money, Y amount of money. But you'll notice that it just always continues to move. There's no winning the game. I mean, there's a certain level of comfort that you can reach, but you can't seek validation that way. And what we have to realize is that we have been acted upon by a system of ideas and incentives and feedback loops that has absolutely perverted the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see the world, the way we see others, the way we see society. I didn't fully understand this until I wrote The Midnight Kingdom. And watching the structures of power and how they changed and the move from feudalism to capitalism and then our modern uh, neoliberal globalism, um, which, by the way, I can't wait for everyone to read this thing. I'm very, very excited about that. And um, that's one thing, by the way, I'm looking forward to in the new year. It comes out January 17th, and I'm so excited about the conversations I'm going to be having with you and with other people. That, that is something I'm very much looking forward to, but I digress. It is untenable. We have created a society of atomization. We are all lonely islands. Uh, we have friendships. We have relationships. You know, we have families. We have communities. All of those things. We've been taught not to trust them. That lack of trust has metastasized into one of the most absolutely unhinged, paranoid societies in history. These conspiracy theories, which are being, of course, uh, weaponized by uh, the wealthy and the powerful, uh, are made possible by that paranoia, by the idea that we can't trust one another, that uh, everybody is either out to take our jobs, our money, our property, or our kids. Right. So much of this is based on the idea that like this society is so wretched that we can't even like trust it not to destroy our kids left and right. You know, every time we leave the house, it's it's another invitation for our, our worlds to be destroyed. And in part, that is true because certain people have become so weaponized and so radicalized that they are going to take their own frustration out on society. And no one will take care of it because our government has been absolutely uh, kneecapped from being able to do anything. But we don't have to feel that way. In 2023, as I've said, my focus is going to be on taking the diagnosis uh, that I've been carrying out over the past six years since I was thrown into the deep end of the pool covering Trump rallies. And notice that there was a growing fascistic authoritarian movement growing. I'm taking that and I'm putting it into action. I want to help be part of the solution. Uh, that means that I'm going to be going around the country. Uh, I'm going to be organizing with groups and communities. Uh, if you have a group or if you have a community uh, that has a structure that is starting or looks like uh, it might have some potential, reach out to me. Uh, you can reply to this post or you can email me at jysexton at gmail.com. 
Uh, I'm going to be going around organizing, talking with people, listening to people. I think that is an important thing. We can't just go in and take over these structures. Uh, we have to listen to one another, understand what the needs are, where the opportunities are. I'm going to be taking a more active role in trying to create, if not a left-wing movement in this country, something resembling a left-wing movement. Uh, I'm really excited about some things that are in the hopper. I can't wait to tell you about them. Uh, I'm, I'm overjoyed that there are some opportunities that are uh, emerging right now. Um, I, I, I wish I could tell you more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's really, really exciting, but I'm also continuing to work on myself. I have begun through therapy, introspection, um, personal healing, uh, engaging in solidarity and intimacy. I have begun healing. Uh, for years now, I've been in therapy trying to get over the trauma of the abuse and dysfunction that I suffered as a kid and a young man. I feel like I have uh, gotten to a place in the last couple of years where I have <clears throat> started to feel like some of that crud has been uh, cleaned out. I mean, it's a constant fight, but we have to remove that cesspool of poison from ourselves, this idea that we're not good or that there's something wrong with us or that we have to continue engaging in unethical capitalism or that we have to be alone or that we have to just suffer through this stuff. We have to remove that from our brains. And if that means therapy, it means therapy. If it means uh, introspection, it means introspection. This isn't self-help, by the way. There's no program that I'm sitting here selling you because self-help can work. But also, I want you to think for a while about how much of that, which, by the way, has been co-opted by the right wing, by uh, the, the manosphere and all of these toxic men. Basically, it's 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 multi-level marketing mixed with self-help ideas because people are desperate for answers. But here's the thing. Those structures are completely and utterly focused on making sure that you in some way, shape, or form can fit within one of these capitalist exploitative structures. So much of it is about being coached into being a better worker, being a better consumer, being better in these paradigms, which, by the way, were created well before you ever existed by people who did not have your best interest at heart. There's so many of these structures to break out of. Uh, heteronormative structures. Uh, patriarchal structures. You name it. I'm working on breaking out of so many of those. and. It's a constant job because this is the stuff that uh, forms the foundation of, uh, of who a lot of us were. Whether or not you adhere to it now, these things are still working in the background like a computer program just underneath the surface. I'm working on that. Uh, I just signed up for uh, this ketamine treatment. I'm excited about that. Um, I haven't talked about it in the past because um, – 
I was an academic and I didn't really want to discuss things that could possibly put me in the crosshairs of, you know, a Republican administration that had already shown a desire to come after me. Uh, but I, I've used psychedelics and they've helped. So I'm going to see what's happening there. There were some pretty incredible things happening in terms of mental health and uh, things like ketamine, psychedelics. So I'm interested in that. And I'm also really, really excited to find the person that I'm becoming. Because the person that I'm becoming is not a new person. It's who I've always been underneath the debris and the clutter of this exploitative system. There is a goodness in me that I used to mourn as if like somehow or another it had been destroyed. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I, I, I don't know if maybe this strikes true with you. I hope maybe some of it does, but I used to mourn this idea that like as a kid, I was such a good person and then something went wrong. I took the wrong turn somewhere along the way. And I feel like I've always just been trying to get back to where things went wrong, but they didn't go wrong. Um, it wasn't that I was, again, bad or that I was made wayward or something. It was just that this really, really unfair society, this really exploitative, cruel system makes you feel that way. It it breaks you in order to try and sell you the facsimile of a solution. This isn't about making you a better worker. This isn't about improving your career. This is about improving as people and improving so we can begin to fight back against a system that does this. Again, find it wherever you find it. You don't have to follow what I'm doing. You don't have to follow my particular type of therapy. You don't have to follow uh, my experiments with things like ketamine or psychedelics or whatever. But I do think after studying democratic movements, revolutionary movements, world-changing movements, it begins by clearing out the gunk, clearing out the clutter, starting to just one piece at a time, picking the debris off of ourselves. 2023, it's hard to say, 2023. 2023 for me is going to be the year of removing that clutter and starting to build something with the debris that I'm removing. If we're going to actually engage in solidarity, if we're going to have better relationships with our friends, with our families, with our communities, with our, with our fellow citizens, with people of the world, which by the way is the antidote to neoliberalism, Neoliberal globalism and authoritarianism, which are two sides of a same coin, are all about atomization, distrust, and feeling alone and powerless. If we're going to fight back against that, we have to remove all of the clutter, all of the debris, all of the, the remains of those things. Those are my intentions for 2023. Doing that and while I'm doing that, and while I'm trying to make myself better, and while I'm trying to heal from the trauma that I've gone through, and, and the trauma of a capitalist oppressive system, 
It's building those structures. Every revolutionary movement begins that way. It begins with people realizing that they do not have to live the way that they have been living. That it doesn't even work. That's the thing is like revolutionary movements begin when people realize, oh my God, this system isn't only wretched and ugly and awful. It doesn't work, which is where we're at, which is why I keep telling people that I'm optimistic and that the window is there. The revolutionary moments begin with the realization that these things don't work and that they can be replaced. And they begin with the hard work of starting to remove the weight of the prior reality. And as you move the weight of that prior reality, all of a sudden that window begins to open. And by the way, I I have to tell you, it's addictive. You start realizing you can feel better. You can have better relationships. You can view the world better. That weight that you have been carrying around your entire life, that insecurity that there's something wrong with you was never there to begin with. It was never real. It was imagined. It was put upon you. It was hung upon you. That's how the Midnight Kingdom ends, by the way. I don't want to spoil this thing. But it's with the realization that the idea of sin, original sin, or uh, human uh, human uh, COVID brain is a hell of a thing, by the way, that, that, that inherent human awfulness was never true. It was always a means of controlling us. Problem is that we've been swimming in the water for so long that we don't always realize it's water. Well, it is. It's fetid water. You deserve better. I deserve better. Everyone deserves better. At long last, after years of this illusion starting to break and dismantle and starting to reveal that this thing has been a lie all along, and on top of that, It's not just a lie. It's a lie that doesn't work. It's time to start working on that. I want to challenge you in 2023 to find your way if you haven't already. I want to challenge you in 2023 to start clearing out the debris. Because you are a good person. You didn't lose your way. It's not like something was inherently wrong with you and that has led you to a point where you're not happy or you're not satisfied. You're living within a system that was intentionally constructed to make you feel that way. So that's my challenge. I hope you'll join me. You can reply to this post, let people know like what you're trying, what you're doing. Again, I'm not selling you anything. I hope you'll pre-order the book. That'd be cool. Uh, it helps with the book, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna be showing up here on Substack or or everywhere with some sort of new MLM thing that's called like maximize or whatever, trying to make you a better employee or I don't know, trying to make you eat a bunch of goat testicles or something. I don't have a lot of liver king in me. But I will challenge you for that. I hope you'll reply with what you're doing to try and, and, and remove that clutter and that debris. But this has to be the year that we make a difference. This has to be the year that we start improving ourselves and we start improving the world along with it. 
And that's not about maximizing your profit potential. That's not about reaching the career goals. Although, God, I, I hope you do. I, I hope you're doing well. I hope that you and yours are comfortable and you have everything that you need. I hope you're listening to this and you are warm and you are comfortable and you are well-fed. But this is about something else. It's about pushing back against this ugliness and this lie. Because you can do it and I can do it. And what's more, we're going to do it. And remain optimistic and hopeful, more so than ever. I think what's happening right now in the world is very tough and it's a huge challenge. But when it's tough and when it's challenging is when that window opens for a better world. This isn't about returning to normal because normal sucked. I think we're going to do it. I wish you and yours a wonderful new year. And let's go out and make 2023 the best year yet. Godspeed.